Welcome to BioTime, a podcast to help you pass high school biology and understand the science of life. My name is Chris, and I'm your host today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to be discussing the three domain classification system. Through this system, scientists are able to organize organisms into three categories, bacteria, archaea, and eukarya. Over the past hundreds of years, there have been many systems that have been thrown out, but currently we are settled on the three domain system as it reflects the idea that all organisms descended from the same common ancestor. So let's first start off by talking about bacteria. This is the stuff that forces us to wash our hands and use hand sanitizer, and some millions of little germs floating or crawling around that make us sick. And not only does it make us sick, it also kills millions of people a year. So let's first start off by talking about its key characteristics. Um, It's a type of prokaryote, which means that they have no internal membranes. So that means there's no membrane-brown organelles, no nucleus, no mitochondria. And you can kind of see where I'm going with this, which is that bacteria are definitely on the more simple side of organisms. Yet while they may be simple, they play a significant role in our ecosystem and in our bodies. When an animal dies, bacteria move in to break down the organism into smaller particles and form new compounds. Without bacteria, the nutrient cycle would not be able to function as who's going to help break down um, nutrients that can be cycled back into the earth for plants to use. Uh, Primary producers such as plants would not be able to survive without bacteria as nothing would be there to break down dead animals, dead plants, or just dead organisms. Uh, that are going to serve as nutrients for them. And it's not just limited to primary producers that bacteria aid, um, it's also in humans. Um, In our bodies, uh, we have something called gut bacteria, and gut bacteria help us to break down food, create vitamins, and other processes that uh, keep us healthy. There's over 500 different kinds of bacteria that are living in our gut, and so previously we did mention that there's Tons of bacteria floating around that are trying to kill us all the time, but there are bacteria that are healthy and good for us. And one of the most fascinating things I find about bacteria um, is how they reproduce. And one way is called conjugation. And conjugation is a primitive form of reproduction. And in this process, bacteria with a chunk of DNA called the fertility factor will be able to get close to another bacteria and connect to it through something called a pillus. And you can really think of a pillus as a bridge that connects to bacteria, and through this bridge slash pillus, which is what it's actually called, the bacteria with the fertility factor will be able to transfer its own DNA into the new bacteria. And I kind of just think of this logically, but the thing with the fertility factor, I think fertility, is the one that's going to be transferring DNA into another bacteria. And now on to the structure of a bacteria. Bacteria have a rigid cell wall that is made up of something called peptidoglycan. And this cell wall gives the bacteria structural integrity, allowing it to maintain turgor pressure. And another aspect I want to mention about the category of bacteria, which I find quite fascinating, is that viruses land in this category. And to make this more clear, it's not just that they're in this category, but viruses aren't really bacteria as they don't satisfy um, the criteria criteria of what makes something a bacteria. But there is no other category that a virus can fall into, 
so scientists decided that viruses will just be classified as bacteria. Alright, let's move on to discussing the second part of the domain classification system, which is Archaea. And when I think Archaea, it sounds like archaic to me, and most certainly these things seem archaic. Uh, many Archaea live in remote places such as the bottom of the ocean in pitch black darkness or living in petroleum deposits deep, deep underground. And just like bacteria, Archaea are also prokaryotes, so they don't have membrane-bound organelles. There are actually many similarities between bacteria and Archaea. Until the 1970s, what we know today as Archaea were actually grouped as bacteria. But scientists over time began to discover a bunch of key differences between the two groups, so that's where the new category of Archaea was created. And Archaea really have a special knack for being able to withstand extreme harsh environments, so uh, I want to go on to this category of Archaea, which is called Extremophiles. And this is a group of Archaea that can extend really, really harsh environments. There are three types that are important to know. The first is methanogens, which are organisms that obtain energy by utilizing hydrogen to produce methane. The next is halophiles. Halophiles live in places with high salt concentrations such as Utah's Great Salt Lakes. The final is thermophiles, which live in extremely high temperatures such as hot springs or deep sea hydrothermal vents. And you may be wondering how archaea can withstand these harsh conditions, and the answer lies within their cell walls. Their cell walls differ from those of bacteria. While bacteria have peptidoglycan, most archaea have glycerol ether lipids that serve as structural support. And the explanation does get a lot more complex, but we're going to talk about that another day. And now on to the final category, which is eukarya. As in the name eukarya are eukaryotes, and this differs from previous categories we talked about as bacteria and archaea uh, are prokaryotes, but now we're talking about eukaryotes, and eukaryotes on the other hand are much more complex as they have a nucleus, they've got membrane-bound organelles, and all of their cellular processes are just so much more complex. A misconception I would like to point out is that some people think that since eukaryotes are so much more complex compared to prokaryotes, they have got to always be multicellular. But this is not true. Eukaryotes can also be unicellular, despite being more complex. You have most likely heard about the four kingdoms, and these four kingdoms are what help break down eukarya into subcategories, as there are so many organisms classified under eukarya. There are about 8.7 million species on our planet, and scientists estimate that 80% of them are still yet to be discovered. Alright, so let's get on with discussing the four kingdoms of Eukarya. The first is Protista. Protista are the most simple of the four kingdoms. They are mostly unicellular and live in aquatic environments. Protista in Greek actually means the very first. Scientists believe that Protists were the first kingdom to emerge, and uh, over the course of millions of years, evolution allowed the development of the other three kingdoms. Protists can be either autotrophs or heterotrophs. Autotrophs create their own energy, and heterotrophs consume other organisms for nutrition. The second kingdom we're going to talk about is fungi. So that's the mold on top of old bread or athlete's foot. That's the fungi we're talking about. 
But while they are a pain at times, fungi are really, really important. Just like bacteria, they serve as a decomposer. Uh, they help in the nutrient cycle and cycle nutrients back from dead organisms into the ground and then back to primary producers. And it keeps our, uh, our natural environment healthy. So fungi are also heterotrophs, and many of them consume food through the use of hydrolytic enzymes. These enzymes they secrete um, are secreted outside of their body, and this helps to break down nutrients around them. And once they have broken down the nutrients, they're able to absorb it into their body through diffusion. Uh, the third kingdom is plantae, and plantae are really just plants. So the vegetables, trees, fruits, they're all classified under this category. And plants are all autotrophs as they create their own energy. For example, the plants that we see uh, use photosynthesis to harness the energy of the sun, um, converting it into sugar and using it to power themselves. And most plants are multicellular. An important characteristic to discuss about plants are their cell walls. Plant cell walls are made up of cellulose, and fun fact, Cellulose is the most abundant macromolecule on Earth. It's also very strong, which is the reason why it's perfect for plants, as plants need to be able to maintain a certain level of rigidity in order to remain upright. And now the final category we're going to be talking about is Animalia. Animalia is the category we know best, as we are Animalian, so are dogs, cats, you name it. And uh, Animalia are all heterotrophic and multicellular. As we discuss more of the characteristics of Animalia, you'll begin to see that they are the most complex of all the Eukarya. First off, the process of sexual reproduction is so much more complex with things like meiosis, the sperms, the eggs. The process of reproduction is vastly, vastly different from bacteria. For example, uh, some bacteria reproduce through merely making clones of themselves. Um, but the process of sexual reproduction is very much different. Um, for Animalia, um, when we're talking about their bodies and their structure, they mostly exhibit bilateral symmetry. And this can be seen through humans as if we were to imagine ourselves getting cut in half vertically, we would probably look generally the same on both sides. But animals also do exhibit radial symmetry, which is seen through things like jellyfish. I mean, if you imagine what it looks like, you cut it vertically in half, the halves are going to look pretty much the same. All right, so now that we have covered all of that, let's do a quick recap on the three domain classifications. The first domain classification is bacteria, and these are single-celled prokaryotes, and they're quite simple. They play a large role in the ecosystem as decomposers. They help to break down dead organisms and turn them into nutrients that primary producers can use. And overall, bacteria can um, reproduce through conjugation a process where a bacteria with a fertility factor can transfer its own DNA into another bacteria. The next domain is archaea. Archaea are unicellular and are prokaryotic, just like bacteria. Archaea exist in many of the harshest places on Earth, such as hydrothermal vents at the bottom of the sea, and hot springs in Yellowstone National Park. The three main types of extremophiles are methanogens, which obtain energy from producing methane from hydrogen. The second is halophiles, which live in environments with high salt concentration. And the third type is thermophiles, which live in high temperatures. Additionally, it is important to remember that archaea have no introns. 
And now on to the final domain, which is eukarya. Eukarya are eukaryotic, so they have a nucleus and membrane-bound organelles. And they are broken up into four kingdoms, which are very, very important to remember. The first is protista, the second is fungi, the third is plantae, and the fourth is animalia. That wraps it up for this podcast on the three-domain classification system. Thanks for listening.